This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is Thursday. It is time for yet another edition of the enthralling Silver and Black Today podcast, an Odyssey original podcast covering nothing but the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Uh, I am Scott Branson, as always, joined by my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. He's also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at Gully. Happy Christmas week. Merry Christmas coming up. This will be the last time we talk to you before Christmas. Of course, the Raiders playing on Christmas Eve and our families would all disown us. Yes, radio people do work on the holidays, but we are not in radio. We are in the world of podcasting and I have kids. And so guess what? And Mo's got rainbow cake to eat as well as what do you what do you do on Christmas, Mo? You guys do, um, do you eat on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Like what's the bigger day for you guys? I would say Christmas Eve night. The night of Christmas yeah. Eve is the biggest day. Unfortunately, I'm going to be working on Christmas Eve. Um, Got to cover the lead because the NFL decided that, you know, these sports people <laughs> don't have families. So why not have Christmas Eve games instead of on Christmas Day? Uh, but usually that's the big night where someone, I want to say, usually we rotate it, but a different person will cook a big meal. Everyone will go to that person's place, and we all just feast on everything. But we always, always, as you mentioned, we always have the chocolate rainbow cake. I posted a picture of it on Twitter. Yeah. I've shown people. It, it, it is it is a molten special that's been passed down from generation to generation. I know different families make it, but there's a special way that my family likes to make it. And the recipe will be passed down to me once Ooh. I start a family. So once nice. that happens, you will know Mo Moten is making a rainbow cake. That's when you know that I have a family. <laughs> 
Now, now we know that you love the rainbow cake, but and, and you're going to get the recipe you just mentioned. But can you already make it though? I think I can already make it because okay. I've actually, since I was five years old, I would sit and watch my grandmother oh. make the cake, and of course, lick the pan after she's done with the batter. So, <laughs> of course, I, I've I've basically had a front row seat, so I've, I already know how to do it, but. I'm not in charge of making the cake for the entire family until I have a family of my own. That's how we do it. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Great, great tradition. Uh, and I'm jealous. Uh, we have other stuff here, but I would love the rainbow cake. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, <laughs> when you get the recipe, you could, you could share it. Uh, and I will, I will give full 100% credit to grandma Moten for that. I will not, uh, I will not uh, begrudge her at all for that. Okay. So here, so here's what we're going to get into now. Of course, we got to start off the show. Um, yesterday we released a, a short snippet of an interview I did uh, with Phil Villapiano, of course, Raiders, great linebacker, Phil Villapiano with the unfortunate news that Franco Harris died suddenly at 72 years old yesterday on Wednesday, just days before the Steelers were set to retire his number and to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, or as Raider fans call it, the Immaculate Deception. So if you haven't had a chance to lead it, it's only about four and a half minutes, uh, but go ahead and listen to that. Uh, that was uh, released yesterday here on the podcast feed, so you could do that. But Mo, I wanted to start there with it because, number one, the, the interview with Phil was great because that was the first time I interviewed him back in 2018, and he talked about how every December 23rd, Franco Harris would call him just after 4 p.m. Eastern and say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And it was it, it's such a, a beautiful and, and, and having having lost my one of my best friends from childhood just a couple of years ago, um, you know, that 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 camaraderie you develop with somebody. And in this case, they were they were adversaries and they are forever linked by this play and this play when both men are gone and all involved are gone, it will live on in the annals of NFL history and be bantied about uh, Raider fans and Pittsburgh fans will argue for it for centuries, right? Over this play and to hear them talk about and to hear how they grew so close. And we were going to have Phil on the show this week to actually talk about the anniversary. And unfortunately this happened, so we couldn't make that happen. It's just a crazy coincidence with that, um, but but just sad news. Seventy-two years old these days, very young, uh, and it seems like it was unexpected. We don't know, and obviously the the, the um, privacy, of the family is first and foremost. But but these two guys linked, and Mo Franco Harris, just a great player, and went out to Oakland the last year, was inducted into the Black Hole Hall of Fame, went to the tailgates, mixed it up with Raider fans, had fun. Just a gracious guy who I think understood first and foremost, that he was blessed to be able to play the game and play it for so long and successfully, uh, and then appreciated the fans in Raider Nation as well. Well, this is why we say always give people their flowers while they can still smell them and are alive. But from the interview that you did with him, I thought it was funny that I think it was Phil said that <laughs> Harris called his uh, mom. His, his mom. mom had, <laughs> yes, and his mom had to find him so that he could talk to him on that, on that special day. But it's funny how, you know, how fans of opposing fan bases, they go after each other on Twitter and it's all in good spirit, but Harris being involved with Raider fans and, and just kind of having fun with them shows that even though you can wear a different color Jersey, you can still appreciate a player, even though he's a stealer or whatever team he plays for. And to have that link in history, I'm sure Raider fans remember it not fondly, but 
just a, just a good guy just to have him be part of that and be part of the whole celebration not celebration but the anniversary and reminding people you know what happened it, it being a fun-spirited guy a lot of people on twitter you know shouting him out saying you know he he was like a godfather to me I, Najee harris had a picture Najee i harris, believe yeah. with him uh jerome bettis of course uh, charlie batch about. yes a lot of steelers lot out of there yeah he had a lot of respect of people inside that organization and outside of been well deserved too yeah, and I think that's the thing too, is as as we start to see these guys that some of us grew up with, you know, for those of us that are over 40, 45 especially, um, we remember those guys and 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 watch them play. And so it just gets to be that way. But also the the fact that the, the history of the game is so rich, right? And this is an example, Franco Harris and 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 obviously Phil Villapiano and that that whole interaction that they had and how it it got them closer together and how they became friends over it is really remarkable because we saw also over the weekend um, this this viral video of the Patriots fan being berated by a crazy woman a Raider fan sorry she she I know it's not representative of all Raider fans but just going nuts on this young man who showed just an amazing amount of restraint. I want to give him credit for that. But you see that and you you look at, you know, we we all get passionate about things we love, including our sports teams. And nobody does that more than Raider Nation. Right. Uh, but but this idea that you can't like or get along with or find some camaraderie with even people uh, on teams that you don't like. Uh, these two guys showed you how it's done. And I think modern day fans can be passionate, hate your Chiefs, hate your Broncos and all that stuff. That doesn't mean you have to hate everybody who likes those teams. And I think there's a big lesson there, Mo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our uh, friend of the show, um, Lucille, who Lucille. I believe yeah. she had a picture of, she took a picture with a, with a Chiefs fan who's like a, looks like a big rat. <laughs> and it was a fun, right. It was, a, it was a fun spirited photo. Yeah. And it was just kind of sad to see that people were like, why are you even taking a picture with that, you know, with that Chiefs, yeah. um, you know, mascot, whatever. And it was just like, come on, guys. It's it's one thing to hate a team, but to hate people is, is a different story. But to yeah. your point, I want to point out that most Raider fans are not like that woman that was in the stadium, no. the Patriots fan, or the people who commented on Lucille's photo. Most Raider fans are, are fun-spirited. You've watched, I know Raider fans are going to cringe when I say this, but if you watch a lot of Raider home games, there are a lot of fans of the opposing team in the stadium. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, it's pretty peaceful and fun spirited. It, it is. And that, and that's what I said immediately when this was going around was, Hey, look, this is not indicative of Raider nation. Yeah. And actually I, I, I messaged the guys uh, from our sister podcast in new England, the six rings and football things guys, because they went out and they made a funny video, which I got to, I'll share tomorrow. I forgot to share it um, where they went around to all the tailgates talking to Raider fans. And, and it was good natured, you know, uh, um, um, back and forth between people, uh, never mean spirited, but, but, but definitely making fun of the tuck rule and all that jazz. And that was great. And I told them too, cause they, cause I, I said, look, this video, you guys know you were there. This is not how most Raider fans are. Yeah. They're going to talk trash to you, but it's all going to be fun. They'll buy you a beer afterwards. Right. So, so that was important too. And I know that, um, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where like sometimes people, and I, I, I guess it's the state of the world too, Mo, people take things so seriously, um, and, and they get overly invested emotionally in almost everything. And if, whether it's about being a writer, it's a winning a football game or whatnot, 
Um, we know that most of Raider Nation, like our good friend Murph and the work he did for charity, for the Blitnikoff Fund, I mean, this is, this is what Raider fans do. They donate money. They do all kinds of things. So, um, you know, in, in memory of Franco Harris, I want to make sure that we remember that because uh, that's, that's how fans act. And I think that's how Raider fans, by, by and large, mostly act. Um, and there's always going to be bad apples. It doesn't matter what fan base it is. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Quick, quick thing good. too. Yeah. Quick thing too. Before I started covering the league and the Raiders, I actually covered the Steelers for a couple of years. Mm. I believe it was 2013 to 2014 before people really knew who I was. And I will say that from my perspective, being that I was able to cross over, I think there's a mutual respect between Raider fans and Steeler fans. I don't see yeah. a lot of oh, I hate the Steelers. And usually the Steelers and Raiders, I mean, they're both story franchises, both proud franchises with a lot of history, rich history. So I think there is a mutual respect there that they may not root for each other's teams, but they know like, okay, that's another well-respected organization that means, I mean, they do relatively well in their their history and they have a a long story history as, as the Raiders do, so... Yeah, I mean, you look you look at what I consider the golden age of the NFL. I mean, I guess we might be in another one now, but you look at it back then and Steelers had four Super Bowls. The Raiders had three championships. And of course, Mm -hmm. they played each other in these games, including 50 years ago this weekend with the Immaculate Reception. So. So, yeah, I think you're right there. I think that's it. There's there's other fans out there that seem to want to antagonize Raider fans more. I don't see that from the Steeler fan base. Um, I'm sure somebody uh, on the show will tell us that we're wrong, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's it's good natured and and I just think that uh, seeing Phil's uh, daughter Andrea, who's always uh, helped for us getting in touch with Phil and seeing Phil, seeing them post the stuff uh, with them, they spend a lot of time together with families and all that kind of stuff. And so our condolences go out to uh, Franco Harris's family, his wife, his son. Uh, and everyone uh, close to him, including the Villapianos, just a, a, a tough, tough loss there. Uh, but of course, these teams are going to go at it uh, on Saturday in what are going to be frigid, frigid temperatures, Mo. Negative four. You and I live out here. Uh, I know it's going to be wind chill here in Ohio is going to be negative 20. Uh, not as bad up north in Pittsburgh, about four hours north of me, but still going to be really cold. And anytime you have a team from the West Coast, number one, now a team from the West Coast that plays in a dome going out east, this is going to be the conversation between now and Saturday. Absolutely. I remember there was a time where the biggest narrative about the Raiders going to a cold weather stadium or a cold weather destination is can Derek Carr perform in cold weather? Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's not talked about as much this time around. Maybe as we get closer to the game, we'll hear more about it. But I remember there was a time, I was like, Derek Carr, if the temperature's under, I don't know, 30, I'm just throwing a number, 35 degrees, you know, he, you know, his production <laughs> drops, you know, and, it, right. and that was a big deal. So I, at least I could say, even though the Rays are going east, it's at, it's a night game. So it's not like they have to go play a 1 p.m. Eastern True. time zone game. Yeah. So being that it's late at night, it's, it kind of, matches if they were playing on the west coast at around four or five o'clock so at least there's that but as you said they do have to deal with the blustering cold 
Yeah, now, but they got to get the game over quick so they can get home and get to bed before Santa comes, right? So, <laughs> you know, there's that pressure. But, no, the cold weather, I mean, it's a big deal. And the Derek Carr thing, that was always in regards to really Kansas City late in the season, right? It was Kansas yep. City-Denver late ahead. in the season, uh, especially in Arrowhead where Derek Carr was having trouble getting wins. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk more about Derek Carr, too. More reports about Derek Carr's future floating out there last week it was uh to sean reed at the athletic and vinnie bonsignor at the rj this week our friend hondo carpenter at si and then the folks over at pff talking about possible veteran quarterback trades so when uh, mo and i come back from the break we're going to talk about that yes yes it's going to be another car wars segment uh, or at least part of a segment. We're not going to devote a whole segment to it, but we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll also get into the game. Starting the third segment, we'll have our game preview from our producer and correspondent, David Stepani, and then Mo and I will give you our predictions. And the moment Mo waits for, he has it on his calendar all year. All year, he just counts the, the old calendar with the red X's for each day until yep. he can hear me read, "'Twas the night before Raider Nation Christmas.'" Yes, this is my third year hearing it, so it will I'm be. And for it. and and if you haven't heard it before, welcome. If you have heard it before, I switch some things around. I don't switch the whole thing around. The first couple of years, I did switch the whole thing around, and that just got to be difficult because it's. Yeah, I try to keep it true to the "Twas the Night Before Christmas," so we'll see there. But that's what's coming up here on our show uh, as we head into the Christmas weekend. Um, don't go anywhere. Make sure you do us a favor to make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Just go search it, subscribe, and then put on the auto download for us. That way, every time we push a new show, like we did yesterday with the special interview segment uh, about Franco Harris, you're going to get that. You don't even have to deal with it. You don't have to go look for it. It's just you turn your phone on and boom, it's there. Go do that for us as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription and then hit the notifications bell. Both of them are important. That way you get notified every time we have a new video. All right, Mo and I will be right back here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. 